0: Tatum trying to get space. Tatum all the way in. Tatum blocked at the rim by Bam! What a block by Bam bio as Tate went in to slam it down and Bam said, not a chance here in Orlando. The Denver Nuggets the final score for, for the fourth time, time in franchise history in the Western 89. Conference Finals. 104-89 to 89 is the final. Nuggets Nation, let's go! Nuggets Nation! Way to go,
1: Let's Jason. let <laughs> Is everybody a nation? <laughs> Everybody's a nation now. Who's a national fan base? The Nuggets probably did have a lot of people pulling for them. People love Cinderella, PK. They pulled themselves up off the deck from a 3-1 deficit. And they've been the 2-seed and the 3-seed in consecutive years. I'm not sure they're that big a Cinderella. But when you're consistently down 3-1, you're certainly the underdog. And they pulled it off. And the Clippers... What happened? No pushback. Zip. Zero. Nothing. It just got rolled there in the fourth quarter. Well, this whole second half.
2: Well, I will say when you ask, are we just a bunch of nations? We haven't been one nation under God for a long time. So, I will add that. And then I will move on to basketball. Uh, Yeah, that was a complete and total choke by the Clippers. It means uh, George and Leonard. This is nothing. Literally nothing. Zero in the fourth quarter. And Jokic... I'm glad people have finally come around. You know, Van Gundy said it. He's the best passing big man of all time. It it took a while for people to finally understand that I speak truth.
1: (laughs) Jokic was uh, passing it last night. 13 more assists. They did a good job of showing how they doubled Jamal Murray on the pick and roll and got it to Jokic, and then it's four on three, and he was just... Always making the right decision, and his guys made a bunch of shots around him, and the Nuggets just pulled away. And it just couldn't have been easier and less pressure down the stretch as the Nuggets went on a run. Even when Jokic sat down, they doubled their lead. I think nothing the Clippers
2: could do was right because they choked. Yeah, that was a that was that was a big time choke. Ranks right there with any of the great chokes that I've seen.
1: Kawhi Leonard six for twenty two, Paul George four of sixteen, Lou Williams off the bench three of eleven. Nothing, right, nothing, and nothing. All right, well, that question is up. Where, that, that was a massive collapse, massive choke. What compares? What do you remember? What have you seen that ranks right up there with that? We will get to that coming up. The other game, the Heat and the Celtics, uh, big block at the end. We heard about that, but the Celtics, what were they doing the final few minutes? Everybody's standing around, isolation oh, game, God. dribble the clock down. Little guys attacking athletic, big guys who are hard to shoot over and around and get past. It just made no
2: sense. It's two things that I took from that game. Jimmy Butler, one of the five best players in the league. Right now, I take him over Kawhi Leonard. He is a bad, bad man. I've been saying it for weeks. He's really good in the clutch. He wants it. Others say they want it. No one will say, oh no, I don't want it. Everyone will say, yeah, I want it. But they don't believe and they're not sure. He's sure. He's stunned when it doesn't go in. He's really good. And Jason Tatum thinks he's, well, I'm the best player, so I'm obligated to take the shot no matter what the defense is, no matter what the degree of difficulty is on the shot. I'm supposed to take the shot because I'm the best guy. Well, that's not the way it works. So his shot selection down the stretch there was just awful. I don't care if you're the best guy. If you're not open, you do not just dribble around and find ways to put up a contested shot. It was just awful, absolutely awful offense by the by uh, the Celtics and in particular Tatum.
1: Tatum had three had the ball three times with plenty of time on the clock in the last three minutes. He didn't get a. He took low percentage shots every time. They were all contested. They were all pretty deep. Um, at least the last one was a three for sure, uh, but it was just uh, it was it was everything Miami wanted. Yeah, you just stand there, stand still, and then take a long contested shot. Yeah, and you keep waiting for the coach to like snap them out of it. If they got any set play they can run to get a shot, if they got anything, I mean, Brad Stevens is supposed to be all that, and he just stood over there and watched them, and let him go. I mean, there were timeouts down the stretch by. Both teams were plenty of chances to run something, to get something easier, but they just kept taking difficult, contested shots.
2: Well, Rick Carlisle was watching that game, and at the end, he was pulling his hair out. Uh-huh. See what you did there. Nice. Uh, Rockets
1: owner Tillman Fertitta said
2: uh, that
1: Daryl Morey will lead the franchise's coaching search, so any speculation about Morey losing his job, that's out. He said Daryl Morey's job is safe, and I'm sure he's going to pick the right head coach. So, tagging at face value, there you go. Now, who will the
2: coach be? Who cares? That's my answer. They're not going to win the title, so who cares who the head coach will be?
0: (laughs) DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL he ended up in a good place and, and, and really just kind of watching him and watch the way he played. He was having fun. And, and, and that's probably the biggest thing that he probably hadn't had in the last two years because of the injuries is he hadn't had any fun. So, you know, I'll tell you what he's, I I just think he's going to get better and better and stronger and
1: stronger. That's Ron Rivera talking about Cam Newton saying he ended up in a good place with the Patriots. Upside Patriots got the win in the, uh, on the first week. So, Where do they go from here? Cam Newton gets better, and they win a bunch more.
2: I'll tell you what.
1: Figure the Ron Rivera's got a personal relationship with Cam, so of course he's going to say something positive. We should take it with a grain of salt.
2: Uh, I don't take it either way, and it's all about production out on the field. We'll see it every Sunday, so whatever LeBron Rivera thinks, who's the coach of Washington now, which I think Washington... You know, the West side of the Washington football team. I think they should go to the Pigskins. Because then they could still be the Skins. The Washington's Pigskins. That's their new nickname. You heard the it here. Moniker too. You, yeah, you heard it here first. There Just it is. Just like I told, you, I told you weeks ago. Jokic was the best passing center in the big ever. Since Bill Walton, which is essentially ever. And then, I told you Jimmy Butler, top five. Sure enough, he is. Now I'm telling you, the Washington Pigskins, and they can still go by the Skins, and then nobody can complain. All right, we'll get on uh, on
1: the radio show back in D.C., get on PTI, the I-95 show. Sell it, PK. Bigger platform.
2: I don't sell truth. I just present it. Oh, there it is.
1: 49ers sign uh, Mohamed Sanu, veteran wide receiver, to a one-year deal in an effort to uh, bolster their beat-up receiving core. He was was released by the New England Patriots in training camp. Bill Belichick had traded a second-round pick to the Atlanta Falcons for him last year, so somehow Mohamed Sanu crossed him. That was the end of that. And the Saints... Reportedly, do not expect Michael Thomas to play next Monday. He suffered. Guess what kind of ankle sprain, PK? Centrally located one? Nope. Not a lower ankle sprain, not a centrally located one. It was (laughs) a high ankle sprain. And the win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Sunday, Saints and the Raiders in the new stadium in Vegas, Allegiant Stadium on Monday Night Football.
2: Yeah, that should be cool to see that stadium. Now there won't be fans, right? I don't think they're going to have any no, no uh, fans so, this year there in Vegas. Yeah, that stinks, obviously. Uh, but, you know, you know like, like the uh, SoFi, it will be fun to get a, a look at this. I literally watched it go up over the over the, over the last couple of years. Been to Vegas many, many times, as many of us have, and it's right there on the freeway there. Yeah, you can't on miss one. it. Right, you can't. So uh, it'll be fun to see, and at some point, i would think i will be in that stadium probably as a fan or as a uh a media member i was supposed to be in it i was going to be in it this week uh no last week i was going to be in it last week i was going to be in it yeah i had planned to go down and i was going to go see asu and vegas unlv because bYU was supposed to play ASU this week so i had to be in vegas i had to cancel that trip but i planned to be there and was going to go to the game and, and then afterward get some co- post-game comments about their next opponent when you're allowed to do that, which would have been the Cougars this week. And I'd already purchased my plane tickets, Yock, Yak tipped me off like in February, $81 round trip. I had to cancel mine as well. Yeah, but obviously they're not having that thing there. And speaking of football, i got one thing to say to you, DJ, and you too, Yak. If you don't lo- like this country, get the hell out. Yeah! Gee, thanks. I'm channeling my inner Mike Ditka.
1: DJ and PK.
0: Hashtag college football. Not all of our players, but most of our players have caught it. So I think that hopefully they don't catch it again and hopefully they're not for games, you know. Hopefully that once you catch it, you don't get it again. I'm not a doctor, you know what I'm saying? I think they got that 90-day window. So most of the players that have caught it, uh, we feel that they're going to be eligible for games.
1: Well, some of the guys who caught it, caught it like a couple months ago going to the the club. So their 90-day window is going to be coming up here before the season is over. It's like LSU is just going for herd immunity on the football team. Everybody get it now and you'll be able to play. A little surprised Ed Orgeron talked about it, 10 of the 14 14 teams in the SEC aren't aren't reporting much of anything. ESPN tried to do a thing where they sent out uh, questionnaires to every college football team and uh, the SEC uh, for the most part wasn't telling them anything. But Ed Orgeron says there it is. Most of his teams had it.
2: Well, he didn't name names, and it was a while ago. I I think that's the truth, several of you had it over the summer. I mean, I had neighbors telling me left and right, this player's got it, that player's got it. Okay, great. Yeah, ready to go. Arkansas State has
1: postponed their game against Central Arkansas for this Saturday due to player availability issues within one position group. They sent out a news release. The reason was not the total volume of players unavailable, but rather the inability to field a safe number of players among the most depleted position group, that required the game to be rescheduled. So,
2: man, ASU's getting a lot of
1: runs so far this year. They really are. <laughs> it's so Central Arkansas, for that matter. They've gotten to, they got to play on TV early in the season. Now they're going to first game of the out. year. Yeah, yeah. And now there's a report in the Milwaukee Journal. Sentinel Journal, the Milwaukee Sentinel Journal, confirmed by ESPN that the Big Ten is about to announce a return to football in October.
2: You love your ESPN. Well, yeah. yeah, I'm looking at it right here. Yahoo Sports. On Wednesday morning, the waiting finally ended. Sources confirmed to Yahoo Sports that the Big Ten will return to play football in 2020. The league is expected to start the season on October 24th, which is scheduled to allow for both conference title game and potential spot in the college football playoff.
1: So is that like they'll play seven games then and then a conference game? 8
2: Eight? They'll get an eight, huh? I think, uh, what. well, reading is it. Uh, oh, eight you're right. Games um, in nine weeks. Okay.
1: All right. Well, I'm there it is.
2: Right. I'm not right. This is what the story says here. Squeeze them in.
1: DJ and PK.
0: Hashtag Major League Baseball. Anthony Kay deals 1-1 and swung on and ripped to left field. That ball is gone. The Sanchino he hits a three run home run to left field and the Yankees now take a 15-3 lead. Luke Voigt and he rips one to left field and that ball is gone over the left field wall. Cool hand Luke. He now has two homers and a single and the Yankees have a 17-3 lead.
1: And the Yankees go on to win 20-6. They go deep six times in that game. They've won six straight, swept the four-game series from the Orioles, and they've uh, taken a game from the Blue Jays on each end of that. They are back to second place. They're six games over five hundred. It looks like they are now safely headed to the postseason, PK, but that was a big-time power outage and a big-time swoon by them. Will they be able to keep this going in the postseason or This is just setting them up for just lowering expectations and setting them up for future disappointment. Well,
2: that's the question everybody answers when the postseason starts. Just ask the Clippers.
1: 27-21 now. They're four games back of the Tampa Bay Rays in the division. Cubbies winning at a bizarre walk-off. The walk-off hit-by-pitch. And actually, they had back-to-back hit-by-pitches. You don't see that very often. That's a strange one, as they beat Cleveland 6-5. to five. So Lean in and take one for the team. Were you good at doing that? Lean in, take one.
2: Uh, Yeah, I don't know if that was done in my day. I, mean, I had enough problem worrying about trying to hit the thing rather than trying <laughs> to lean into it.
1: Uh, Cubs are rolling
2: right now, and so are the
1: White Sox. They have won six straight, just like the Yankees. they got a six-game winning streak now, and they lead the American League Central by three games over Minnesota. They beat the Twins 6-2. to Another blood in addition to the Yankees 20-6, the Brewers taking out the Cardinals. 18 to 3, Kristen Yelich homering in that one as uh, Milwaukee absolutely uh, running away with that thing. Milwaukee's still under 500, though. Stuff so to scrap to get back in the playoff picture. And the Dodgers pushed their lead back to two and a half games in the National League West with a 3 1 win over the Padres. That is what is trending. And it is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener. It's Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up this morning, David Nixon's going to join us. BYU TV football analyst, former Cougar linebacker, is going to join us at 8 o'clock. Bob Casper, Real Golf Radio, has a U.S. Open preview for us at 8.30. And coming up next, the Clippers. It went horribly, horribly wrong. Total collapse. When have you seen someone fall apart like that? Biggest jokes in sports history you can remember. We will get to that. Coming up, stay with us. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The
0: Zone. Let's go. The Big Show. It's a big deal. With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott.
1: We're talking with Matt Williamson, our NFL insider. Jordan Love went to Utah State, so he's got a lot of fans around here, obviously. But it would seem that the Packers picking him might have motivated Aaron Rodgers just
0: a tad. Just a tad, yeah. Rodgers has obviously has an amazing career. That being said, the last two years, he has been a good quarterback. He has not been a great player. And I worried that the end was starting to creep up to him, too. Didn't take as many risks as he used to. Didn't really adapt to the floor offense that great in his first year but maybe that fire under him now is just burning white hot and there's nobody more talented the big show weekdays from two to seven on 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network
1: dj pk it's 97.5 and 1280 the zone Hot Takes or Toast brought to you by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical, always open during this challenging time. Call Master Electrical at 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing, and your satisfaction is guaranteed. Master Electrical will light up your day. Question of the morning, where does the Clippers choke job rank with some of the worst chokes? BK, people weren't really into the historical stuff. It was more about jazz fans feeling the pain and the agony of knowing just two weeks ago... It was the Jazz who could have beaten the Nuggets. It was the Jazz who could have been beating the Clippers. It's the Jazz who could be in the conference finals right now. That was the overwhelming message on our Facebook page.
2: Well, we don't know what would happen if the Jazz had won that series against the Clippers. I can't tell you that they would have beaten the Clippers. Uh, The Nuggets doing what they do. I mean, I've been saying all along that I think they're a really good team. Jokic is a top five player. Clearly, he's the best player at his position. Whatever his position might be, when you're having 13 assists, I'm not sure I can just label you strictly a center by any stretch. I mean, he, you know, the point center is a phrase I don't think we've ever used, but he's an incredible player. He can do so many different things. His shot, when he's open, uh, that little uh, shot uh, on either side along the baseline, expect it to go in every time. Even though he, you know, we uh, Everybody makes fun about slow mo Joe. Well, man, he looks like he's Speedy Gonzalez compared to Jokic. Uh, but uh, Jokic gets the job done. Uh, the Jazz uh, could they have played and uh, the the Nuggets? I think, or excuse me, the Clippers. I think they may have been able to take a game or two. But I mean, Gary Harris was ready to go much more in the second round than he was in the first round, and he was a vital player. He wasn't the most crucial, but he was a vital player. And he contributed almost nothing in the first round because he wasn't there. So I don't think that you can just extrapolate and say, oh, they would have won two. Obviously, uh, even if they would have lost, you would have wanted them to play. And they blew it in their own right. You know, they're up 3-1. And obviously couldn't get the job done. Cody says the Jazz could have beat
1: that weak Clippers team. Darren, if we made that last shot, that would have been us beating the Clippers. Dang it. And a lot of that falls on to people not buying into Paul George as a playoff performer. Uh, He's not. They were not? Right, and there were several. So I think they just figured that whoever it was that was pretty good could have knocked him out. Tony, I find it funny that Paul George gave himself a playoff nickname. My question, when has he ever been great in the playoffs? Obviously, people remember the Oklahoma City Series
2: with the Jazz a couple of years ago. Um. Yeah, I think he gave that to him when he was in Indiana Mm -hmm. and he had some better uh, opportunities there. But I also think this falls on Kawhi Leonard because uh, Kawhi Leonard, sure, you beat a watered-down Golden State team last year, and good for you, you did it, and you hit a memorable shot against the Sixers, and good for you. But your other title, I'm not sure you were the, the leader of that team in San Antonio, so, in in the biggest game of the, the season, you couldn't come through. Not even I close. Think it, it was a major I think it's disappointment. A, a, a little bit. Right now, I would take Jimmy Butler over Kawhi Leonard. And I don't care how many titles Kawhi Leonard has won. I mean, it's not like he's the most dominant guy when they were winning them.
1: Not on that San Antonio team. They had a lot of good players then. If anything, that was kind of the, the passing of the torch in the generations. You know, the older guys weren't quite done. They could still bring it and... He was on the way up. But that was, yeah. uh, that was just, kept, I kept waiting. I, I guess by the time the fourth quarter was happening, I was like, it was pretty clear early in the fourth quarter when the Nuggets went on a run with the Joker on the bench and the lead went to 15 that the Clippers weren't coming back. But the, even in the third quarter, you're like, quiet. Well, it's, it's time to take charge and take over the game. I mean, it's not just, uh, it's not just Paul George. You know, Lou, Lou Williams isn't doing anything either. It really has to be you. And he, he never really got on a roll at all. Well, what he was, he was quiet But a bing <laughs> Give him a rim shot, yak Let's go.
2: <laughs> Who would you take? Jimmy Butler over Kawhi or Jamal Murray over Kawhi?
1: Jamal Murray is winning me over. I mean, I've been a bigger uh, Jim, Jimmy Butler. You know, like the potential was there, even though it wasn't working with the previous teams. It, it seemed to work better in Philly, and so it seems like he was on a roll. But Murray, uh, I don't know, it, and it may just be my perception and what not watching the Nuggets enough. But Murray has grown. Murray's gained more respect faster. Uh, Butler's been Butler's been making installment payments on that for a while. You know, he was doing some pretty wild stuff in Philadelphia, and it just—you know—I mean, last night was just just more of it. You know, that big three-pointer he hit. <laughs> you know, as soon as he launched, it's like he's going to make that, isn't he? And It wasn't an easy shot. Yeah, in front of the bench. Yeah, but you just had the feeling he's he's going to make that, and sure enough, because clutch.
2: Yeah, you could see but, it in the way he plays. But I didn't see
1: it, I didn't see Murray's. Uh, you know, fifty point game against the Jazz coming and and then, you know, having an off night and only getting forty two and then getting fifty and then and then putting up I mean, quietest forty points? I mean he had forty for the Nuggets in game seven. And it's kinda lost because we're sitting there watching three different Clipper players, all of whom could go off, all of whom have gone off, and all of whom are having terrible games and doing nothing with the season on the line. And Murray, it was almost like Murray in the second quarter. It was like, kind of like he had this sense, and you know maybe a teammate told him or maybe coached it or, or maybe just co- however it came to him, kind of like, we can't be down 15 again in the third quarter. We can't. It's 12 in the second. It's not as big a deficit, and it's early. We got to get going. And he just hit a couple of shots in the second quarter, and all of a sudden the lead's dropping, and they're right back in it. And then everybody's playing well, and the thing's tied up. You know, they didn't they didn't need any part of the third quarter to come back. Uh, it was, I don't know, that was pretty impressive in the second quarter because I was wondering if they were going to get down. They basically traded buckets the whole first quarter, you know. But when they started digging a hole in the second quarter, it's like, how bad is it going to be? How deep is this hole going to get? And Murray's like, yeah, we're having none of that. Let's go. And he drops 40.
2: Well, yeah, it's, 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 I think Murray's overshadowed, not by the Clippers, uh, inadequacy. I think he's overshadowed the Joker. Degree, by Jokic. Because there's never been a player that Who we've plays seen. plays like this. Never. I mean, yeah. you Sabonis this and that. Sabonis did not do it at the NBA level. Oh, he was injured. I don't care. He didn't do it. It sucks for him that he didn't come over till he was later, and he got injured or what have you. Fine, all that stuff. Put well, it out that, there, and the game it is, doesn't matter.
1: And the game has changed since Bill Walton, who held that title for a long time, but he wasn't asked to pass on the move. You know whether he was at the low post or the high post or throwing awesome outlet passes. You know you didn't, you just didn't put big guys in the pick and roll beyond the top of the key, and then have double teams and guys rotating. And pass on the move and making decisions like that. It's just they're asking they're asking more of of Jokic now. And, well, and the thing is, even That's though why he, they're asking, and and even though he's playing that far from the hoop, both offensively and defensively, big guys get pulled away from the hoop. He still has twenty two rebounds. <laughs> twenty two rebounds is an enormous number.
2: Doing it all, he's a superstar of the highest level. So I think that's why Jamal Murray's being overshadowed a little bit. But right now, I'm taking Jimmy Butler and Jamal Murray over Kawhi Leonard.
1: Oh, I thought it I was a New or. Without... I thought you had to pick one.
2: Nope. Okay. Well, you can create so whatever rules it... you want.
1: Okay. I thought that's what I was having to come down to. That's why I was thinking, yeah, Murray's come up more in my estimation lately.
2: Well, I'd take Jimmy Butler over Murray.
1: So biggest choke jobs in sports history. Biggest collapses. I got three that come to mind. Baseball, there's only one team that's blown a 3-0 lead, so I think that, that shortens it. Maybe you, got a, maybe you got someone who's blown a 3-1 lead and, and blew big leads along the way or had built-in advantages, but the Yankees being up 3-0 and having just won a game 19-8 to to lose four in a row, it's nothing worse than that in baseball, is there? You got anything oh, else?
2: The, uh, yeah, I think the Red Sox in the World Series in 86 uh, with two outs and two strikes, and they're up three runs, and, and they lose it and let the little roller go through the legs. Yeah, ab- absolutely. When they had substituted Butner, Buckner defensively virtually the whole year, they allowed him in there. Now he should have still made that play. Uh, so, yeah, I think that was a much bigger stage than what the Yankees did.
1: And ALCS? Yeah. And then the Super Bowl, we just had the 25-point comeback. That's the biggest comeback. Uh, maybe you want to go time and score a different situation, but the Patriots down 28-3 to three and then rallying to beat Atlanta in overtime in the Super Bowl. You're up 25. You're supposed to hold on to that. Yes. That was a, a horrific collapse. Not the most horrific playoff collapse, but the most horrific Super Bowl. I mean, the the Oilers and the Bills, that is uh 32-point deficit and losing in overtime.
2: Ah! Well, yeah. I mean, Houston last year, what are they up on the Chiefs in the first, play, in the first quarter? I think it was 24 points. Yeah, one point. that's what came to my mind was 24. <laughs> they so, rallied and, of course, won the Super Bowl, so there you go. That was last season.
1: All right, you got any other big collapses, hit us up on Twitter. What else have you got?
2: I think there's plenty of individual players. I mean, you can look in their hearts. You can see their eyes. And do you believe it? Do you believe when they go to the free throw line? Do you believe when they have the ball that it's going to go in? We all know the guys that we believe in, and we all know the guys that we don't believe in.
1: Greg, it's up there with Greg Norman at the Masters and the Benoit for three Jazz playoff loss. Ah, the Rockets, 95. Norman, what year was that at the Masters? It was somewhere in the 90s.
2: Oh, yeah, there's been plenty of golf. I mean, jeez, that, that that shows no mercy. I mean, was it uh, 13, 14 years ago, Phil Mickelson, at the very tournament that they're going to be playing uh, Wednesday, starting tomorrow? At Winged foot, right? Him yeah, at the podium.
1: One. Him at the podium, what did I just do?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm such an little, idiot, and he hit yeah. one off the uh, hospitality tent.
1: Yeah, you got John Van in the British Open. Yeah, I mean, oh, you, you that's epic. Go, yeah, you epic can go on and on there. on
2: that. I mean, but that to me, golf is understandable because there's you can't blame it on anybody. It's you, the ball. It's just the crowd. It's just the lying television there. audience, and the and. And it's slow-moving sport, so you've got all, all sorts of time to think. You don't have to just react in the moment. It's like going to the free throw line. You know, there's no excuses. No defense. The other guy can't
1: make a great play. It's all you. It's 100% you. It's not offense, defense, 50-50. That cornerback made a great play to intercept that pass, or that defender yeah. made a big play to block that shot. That
2: golf ball is just lying there looking at you. It's the same thing with the free throws. No one can help you in that situation, and all eyes are on you. Did you make it? Didn't, and there's zero. You have zero excuses. If you made it, or if you didn't, zero. That's the great thing about it. It doesn't matter that you just moved to a new city and had to take a new road to the arena. It doesn't matter what's going on. Not, nothing, nothing matters. Did you make it, or did you not make it? That's all that matters. That's a great thing. Is it at that at the free throw line? It's the one deal or all the homers cannot make any excuses for you.
1: Austin says, DJ, didn't the Jazz literally do the same choke job? Love to hear your take. 3-1, yes, that's the same. But at least competing down the stretch, having the shot at the buzzer that rims out, I would take that over not being competitive at all and getting blown out early in the fourth quarter when the other team's star big man is on the bench. So... At least compete and push back. Now, ultimately, the result's the same. You're up 3-1 and you're going home. So, I guess to that portion, um, but at least least battle through the fourth quarter and take it down to the wire as opposed to uh, how many points did the Clippers score in the second half? 33. 30. 18 in the third quarter and 15 in the fourth.
2: And their two players scored zero. I mean, we joke how, you know, if uh, BYU had another five minutes in that Vegas Bowl, they would have won, and we're just having fun when we say that. But in this game... If it would have been another five minutes, uh, the would have been 30 yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, the Jazz competed. They were outmanned. They competed. Uh, and there's winners and losers every game, every series. So if you just take that on face value, then, yeah, it's the same. But if you look deeper, which is why I don't take numbers at face value, never have, I look at w- what's in a guy's heart. What can he do? That's why I'm so high on Donovan Mitchell because I saw the heart. I looked inside his body. You could see it. You could see Donovan Mitchell. Put the greatest jazz players, put them all in a row, put them at the free throw line with the game on the line, who you taking above Mitchell? That's what I'm talking about. That's heart. That's the old heart of a champion that Tom Donovich coined that phrase years ago. You know who has it and who doesn't. Put the greatest. Go put the, all those numbers who are retired up there. In that arena. Mitchells isn't. But put him at the free throw line. Get in jazz history, rank who you want. Your top five guys with the ball on the line, with it's the good. game on the line. He's standing at the free throw line. On the road. Who do you want there?
1: We're going to have a Stockton versus Mitchell debate now, aren't we? That's what this is
2: coming down to. I, I, uh, I think you can extend it beyond that, but if that's what you want to, uh, that's I, fine.
1: Uh, I think people who've been here longer than us would put AD in the debate because they think he had the reputation that, uh, you know, he had big playoff games in that.
2: Oh, I'd put Hornacek right there.
1: Matt says, Matt goes a different direction. Matt tweets at us, two series in a row is a pattern. The Clippers, all right, they laid over in the fourth quarter. Rolled over? Laid over? Whatever, I get his point. Clippers laid over in the fourth quarter, but not a choke.
2: Give the Nuggets, Jokic, Murray, and their defense some credit. Well, that was a total choke. 100% choke. You can give all the credit you want to the Nuggets, and they deserve every last bit of it.
1: Even if they'd but come that back was a to total win. total choke. Even if they'd come back to win, there should have been more competition in the fourth quarter. Even if the Clippers lost it. Should have they been laid
2: more over, DJ.
1: they laid over. It's a, new, it's a new one. This is what other teams have rolled over, but that takes more effort. Laying over. See, actually, that was my fault for not interpreting that right. Matt made a salient point there. Sorry, Matt. Because this was way. If you lost three-one, but you fought and you battled, and then they made one more shot, you can say, okay, you blew three-one. That's horrible right? Yes, yes. And that's what Mitchell was saying after the thing. We blew 3-1. That was horrible, right? And he yes. recounted the 8-second count. We gave away Game 1. The 15-point lead in Game 5. But yes. you competed. Nobody was writing their story with five minutes left in the fourth quarter because they already knew how the game was going to end. That's rolling over. This laying over, I think Matt's to something here. Good work,
2: Matt. and the man. Well, as I say, there's losers, winners and losers in everything you do. Right. So there's always going to be teams that loses. Uh, but you, you you look at patterns there. You look at Paul George continuing to suck in the biggest moments. You look at Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers gets a ton of run about what he, you know, there he is crying a few days ago. Good. You're paid to win games, Doc.
1: But that's a 3-1 lead again. Yeah. yeah. How much How does the front office take, that? though? Because they went and traded five picks. They traded away all of their first rounders till 2027. Because they have swaps in there, obviously. But
2: they've given up control. Well, they were held hostage. If we want Kawhi. Yeah. Fair point. Get Paul George. So that was the one he chose, basically. And so did you want that? And they I, – I never fault a team for trying to go in win-now mode because there's, there's only going to be one team who wins it, and everyone else is going to be a loser if you look at it that way. But I want my team, if you're pretty good, to be in a win-now mode. And it takes some stones to do that, and it's a risk, and the risk very well may not work out. The front office can't make the play. The front office, the organization, I don't know, they call it front office in basketball, whatever they call it, management can't score any points in the fourth quarter, which is exactly what Leonard and George did. All they can do is put them out there, and then it's up to them. It's up to the coach to put the guys in the right spot. And so I can't fault Clipper management. They push their chips in uh, to try to win and they didn't get it done. But is, it that, is that their fault? I'm not so sure on that. In fact, I, I, would, be, I would want my management to take risks like that. Now, not every team all the time is in complete and total win-now mode. It doesn't work that way. You know, you don't want the Sacramento King 15-year rebuilding job and 10 <laughs> coaches, one of whom was actually decent that you fired and is now in the Western Conference Final in Malone. And now we see Vladi and Peja, they're, they're out, and Joe Dumars, it, it, you're up now. It's like it's musical chairs, and you happen to be sitting down when the music stopped. And so, well, you get to be the GM now. I mean, we can't even name all the folks who've gone through it, right? That's ridiculous. So I understand that's awful, but I want my management to be bold and they don't always work out. I mean, you look at—I mean, we—we we, you can crack on the management of the Clippers, but we wouldn't want to cla- uh, crack on the management of the Jazz. They brought on all these veterans, and they're supposed to have depth, and they had zero depth, basically. Now I realized Bogdanovich was out, so that blew it. But do I do I really want Joe Ingles coming off the bench because that didn't really work a whole lot? Jeff Green didn't work a whole lot. Moutier contributed about as much as I did.
1: Ed Davis but, and Jeff Green were the two I think there were expectations for that didn't pan out. I mean, Jeff, is, Jeff to the
2: point he was released. They tried, and I give them credit. I'd rather try and fail than not try at all. And give, I give the Jazz management credit for being bold and trying, because that's what it's about. You don't know. If it were no risk, well, then it would be so—you wouldn't need to pay him any. It would be so obvious. Just go ahead and do it. But that's not the way it works. It doesn't work that way in anything.
1: Well, I think think the difference is. I mean, you're right about the you got to risk it and risk it for the biscuit and all phrases like that. But guys who are veterans who come in who are signed for two years, you know, in two years they'll get to take another swing. They'll have that cap money back, and you know, they'll try again. When you trade away, you know, draft picks, five picks over ten years, you're hamstringing yourself. Somebody who who you know eight years into the eighteen years from now, you could still be feeling that. I mean, that was. But they're not going to be there. What do they care? (laughs) Well, there, there is that. But the fan base, well, some of them will be dead, I guess, over twenty years. The fan base. The fan base. What what about the fan base? BFD on the fan base. Another summer is gone, and you think that yet again you are the best barbecue guy in the block? Are you? You can be one of two contestants to prove it Friday, September eighteenth, at the Ace Hardware on sixty two hundred South and Highland Drive. Tweet at us now and tell us why you should be there taking on the Zone host for the inaugural Zone Barbecue Championship. It's brought to you by Ace Hardware, The Store, Traeger Grills, and the Zone Sports Network. Con- contestants will be drawn on Thursday, the 17th, during Scotty G. and Hans's show. Enter now. You could be there on Friday.
2: Now, let's get this party started.
0: This is Hans Olson and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. One of the best when it comes to college football, especially the Pac-12, John Wilner. At best, what do you think the starting time could be for the Pac-12? If you just look at the
2: timing of the football
0: process, right, they're going to get these tests by the end of September, so the conference could lift the restrictions on competitive practice anytime, and uh, Utah, for instance, could be on the field for, you know, early October for four weeks, five weeks of practice, so, I mean, Utah could be ready to go for Saturday, what is it, November 7th, I think, but we'll see what happens with the California schools especially, and whether the state is
1: going to lift the restrictions, and if it does, when it does, and whether that impacts those four schools
0: being able to start when everybody else starts and Scotty. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone, and the Zone Sports Network.
1: DJ and PK brought to you in part by Syringa Networks, home to complete business, telecom, and IT solutions backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. So, the story breaking this morning, the Big Ten's about to announce that they are reversing and playing football starting in late October. Uh, some of the details are coming out now. Ross Dellinger tweeting out the Big Ten doesn't have a built in bye week. They got a 21 day suspension of play for players who test positive, and they've got a shutdown threshold of 5% of positivity rate on a team. Hang on to your butts, he tweets out. So, they can plan for. Eight games, but if they're going to shut players down for 21 days and a few offensive linemen get it, uh, that could jam up a team. But at least it looks like they're going to be kicking off in late October. And people are expecting a decision from the Pac-12 shortly after this, although uh, you got a uh, Facebook post here, PK, uh, before the the Clippers fell apart and lost that game. Uh, USC quarterback, on Slovis, tweeting to California Governor Newsom that he is the only thing holding us back from playing. Your thoughts? And uh, Devin says, the ironic thing right now is with how bad the fires are on the West Coast, there'll be many games getting postponed or moved or canceled.
2: Oh, just like there was in the NFL. Yeah, good point, Devin.
1: Well, once upon a time, they did move a Charger game to Arizona out of San Diego
2: because of a fire. And they canceled the BYU uh, Santa State game, they moved it to the end of the season. Yep. So those things happen. So yeah, but I mean the, the Niners played, the Giants and A's have been playing. Uh, so I don't know about that. I, I I don't understand for the life of me why there's such a big difference between the pro and a college. I mean we have the Big Ten going forward, the Pac-12 because of governors in Oregon and California, two states that I wouldn't want to live in. They are saying you can't play. Meanwhile, up and down, everything else is going on in California. How is it not good for one, but it's perfectly fine for the other? Help me out here.
1: Uh, I think it was the testing, and that's why I think people think it's going to get reversed.
2: It needs to be reversed right now, today, before lunch.
1: Landon says, it's true, in my opinion, the only reason the Pac-12 and the Mountain West Conference canceled is because California schools would have made it impossible to actually play football. Newsom gives a green light to the UC and CSU systems, and it's likely game on.
2: Man, when did we decide he was king? Uh,
1: Well, he sits over the college systems. I guess that's why.
2: Okay, when did we decide he was king? (laughs) I didn't ask what, what is his authority, I asked When? I mean, and who did let, let one person decide all this? Meanwhile, the pros can go. I, I'm, I'm having a hard time differentiating. Uh, so we don't value pro lives as much? Is that it? I think
1: they're doing the testing. I think they're testing people. But they're I t- don't know. the I'm colleges. A- what?
2: Test the colleges.
1: I think that was the point of the game changing
2: antigen test. Okay, but that was just last week. And the pros have been going on for weeks. Well, why? What did the pros have that was game-changing, and why couldn't they just say, here, borrow this for a little bit here, and you too can be game-changing weeks ago?
1: More expensive, I assume, but I don't know that.
2: Well, these are questions that college kids have as they're watching everybody and their dog play now, and they're not allowed to. And, yeah, there's going to be risks. I get it. If you're looking for risk-free, stay in bed.
1: Kyle says, don't forget Washington, Oregon, and Colorado. All are Democrat governors. Ah. (laughs) Changed a letter. See what he did there. So will the other states be allowed to play?
2: Well, the other states are playing in the professionals. What's the the difference?
1: The Broncos are. Yes, they are. Portland doesn't have professionals, but... In California and in... uh...
2: Yes, they do. They're called the Oregon Ducks. (laughs) Get that shot in.
1: (laughs) All right, coming up, David Nixon, BYU TV football analyst, former BYU linebacker, joins us next. Stay with us.